Hi, welcome to Season 2 of the Silverline Podcast, an audio version of our video streams that we hold weekly. They're edited a little bit to make them a little more concise. My name is Roland Mann. I'm the head honcho at Silverline, and we have a great time making fun comics that we think that you'll enjoy. So thank you for listening, and maybe go check out some of our comics if you haven't already. Well, 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 we're here with that Silverline show on Tuesday. We are holding down the fort while Quentin and Tim are taking a breather for tonight. I think Quentin might come on later, but I'm not not sure. Is that? Uh, We might touch a little bit on drawing and penciling a little tonight, Um, but I think mostly tonight is just talking about nerd stuff. I mean, nerd stuff. Do you, do you guys talk about nerd things around here? I mean, I do sometimes a little bit here and there. I've been known to talk the nerd occasionally. Talk. Occasionally, <laughs> um, you know, usually when I do, Jose calls me a nerd, makes fun of me. Um, but that, that I don't that really have to talk nerd like talk. A true favorite would do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so no, I guess. Um, so I guess I just ask, like, what, what is everyone? Let's just ask what everyone's been up to nerd-wise. Anybody be reading any any comics? Do you guys read those anymore? We're allowed to read comics while we work. That's crazy. I yeah, that. I know. It's weird. I've been reading um, the uh, Oswald Chronicles. I can even show it. Uh, this is the one by J.D. Calderon. Who, if you haven't checked out his stuff, you should definitely go check it out. Uh, I love this that is the first volume. Oh yeah. It's called the Altward Chronicles. He has a mm-hmm. ton of books. He's up to like a thousand mm-hmm. pages in it with all these different oh stories God. and stuff. Nice. Um, the artwork is fantastic too. Uh, this yeah. is the first volume, and I think it was written a long time ago. And I'm reading that, and then he just got done with the Kickstarter. He kickstarts all the time, so um, enjoying it so far. Um, I think I have another one coming in. I just pledged for another Kickstarter, so I think I have another story coming in. Um, that's what I've been reading comic book. Uh, why if you guys feel like pledging to another kickstarter you can pledge to mine aren't you animating some sort of show about like bears and swords and stuff no it's like a um a short film short animation film that um i'm submitting to film festivals um we just got the clearance that we're like we got into some that will put us eligible for the oscars so like we're trying to get the funds so we can get into those since we got cleared for them why not? Mm-hmm. I mean, go for it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it, you, it, I saw it's called Teddy Bears and Knights or something. Yeah, it's night, night lights and Teddy Bears. Night lights. That's what it is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I planned on um, pledging here soon. I just it's the beginning of the month, so now I have money coming in. Uh, and also, I was seeing how nice Mackenzie would be to me tonight. Yeah, I know. Uh, that's why oh. I'm going to be extra sweet. <laughs> she's like, oh wow. my god, she's leaning on. <laughs> I know, isn't she though? Isn't she though? You know, if, well, let if me you put want... my crown back on. That's true. The little crown. I'm innocent. I'm innocent. Of course. Give me money. Give me, <laughs> give me money. Yeah. It's like, give me money. I'm going to have like T Rexes chasing us down the street. Give me your money. Yeah. She yeah. would too. So would you, you just did something with your T Rexes. There was a red carpet event. Yeah. What was that I, uh, about? Uh, so the the Liberty Science Center had a, had a gala. Okay. Um, I didn't learn this till later. It was, I guess it was like $50,000 a table. It was crazy. Um, Yeah, I had to get six dinosaurs up to to New York City on very short notice. So 
That was interesting. <laughs> how you, how do you do uh, driving that trailer around New York City? Is that it? Um, you know, I I used to hire people to do it. Um, and then you kind of get in binds, and you, there's no better way to learn than when you're forced to do it, and then you have to do it right. Um, I I I feel like I'm better uh, countryside, so to speak, because there's yeah. more a- room for error. Um, I mean, I'm okay. I don't like. I've already had that trailer has already had to be like in Times Square and all that before. I I rather have someone else do it then. I can do it, but like right. um, as far as like backing it in and out and all that stuff, I'd rather someone else do it. But I'm okay with it. I'm am okay. okay. Yeah, but, you transported yeah. all of them. Yeah, wow. we had to stick all of them in that trailer. It was it was definitely an experience. <laughs> How do the Rexes and Raptors handle the trip? Do they get carsick? That you know, they slept most of the way. Thank God, it was worse on the way back. I think they got a little cranky. One of them moved to a complete other side of the trailer. The other one yeah. was like hitting his sister. It was they got a little angsty on the way back. I won't lie to you. Do you ever do comic conventions with them? You know, oddly enough, I would love to, but like the opportunity has just not arisen. Yeah. I got I got contacted like at the end of 2019. Um. Like for possibly because I do a lot of stuff in New York City, um, to go to the New York City Comic Con, and then obviously with 2020 that kind of just disappeared. Yeah. I, I yeah, would love. No kidding. Yeah. yeah, I would. I, I would love to though. I was even asking some of the stores around here if they're doing any signings for Free Comic Day. None of them are. None of the ones. Yeah, I it's crazy. Yeah, I was still thinking, well, it's kind of over, right? I mean, generally so, people are kind of back to normal, but yeah, they're still yeah. not doing it. I'm There's doing just, I'm, I'm doing sketch cards out of my local library. My local library is having like a, a small little convention for free comic book day. Are they? Yeah, yeah I didn't even know what's around here. I mean, I, like I said, Portland has always been really weird. Being having so many comic book companies in the city, they don't do a lot of events, and, and I don't know why. They'll do this Rose City, and then we have signings at stores, but like local pop up conventions and stuff. I don't hear much about them. I do have this one store gentleman that's putting on these sort of flea market mm-hmm. type events for like one day, but you would think there would be more with all these, but I don't know, maybe it's a city full of introverts. I know. That will, there, I think, who was it, Roland and who else is going to that Pittsburgh one? And I was like, hey, just so you know, I can get a dinosaur to Pittsburgh pretty easily. Yeah. Hey, which one in Pittsburgh? Three Rivers? Yeah. I've been to Three Rivers. Three Rivers was a blast, but that yeah. was pre-COVID. I was no, like, no. I was like, I can get a dinosaur there really. <laughs> right? hint, hint. I've, done, I've done Pittsburgh events. Have you guys been to conventions since I went to the yeah. Rose City after COVID and it was like half the attendance of usually of Honestly, I haven't I haven't done much um like after COVID because I got I got so sick and then I, right. I bounced bounce back right into the dinosaurs so you know the dinosaur like i the dinosaurs keep me prisoner <laughs> I knew it. so because I, I was it. almost thinking you could cosplay your dinosaurs like i was thinking if you went to a convention like have your dinosaurs actually cosplay like there was an old toy line in the 80s called dino riders mm-hmm. where they had yeah. armor so like you could put like little armor on your dinosaurs to have them <laughs> cosplay as dino riders like what That's like how, like what kind of goofiness is that? Yeah. Like I was thinking all sorts of crazy stuff. Like I, I was thinking of some Jurassic Park, but I'm like 
I mean, the only thing I can think of would be kind of fun is if you if you, one of you guys dressed up like a Jurassic Park attendee, yeah. like, and then mm-hmm. had him lead the dinosaur around. That'd be kind of fun. Yeah. But I was thinking if there's a way to actually just dress up your dinosaur for one event, that might be kind of funny. We can. I've definitely dressed up the dinosaurs before. Like I've done a, and nothing like that yet. But like I've done Christmas and like dressed the dinosaur up as deer and been like the elf handler. And oh, like yeah. uh, had the had the dinosaurs like dress up for Halloween. Like I had like one of the dinosaurs dressed up as Elsa, another as a witch, and the one as a mummy. Like I've done like little costumes, but you know I've never like pushed the ante yet. I'm like waiting. Ante, yeah, yeah, yeah. Of, yeah. Like, Thor. Yeah. That would be funny. The, what was the um so explain to you your Kickstarter. It's a, it's a how long is the film? So the film, I actually wrote this while I was down at Full Sail. Um probably Roland was my teacher when I was writing it, honestly. Roland teaches? Can you believe it? I, I wouldn't imagine I mean, I think it would have been a blast to take his class. Like when I went to Full Sail, I had really wished, like, constantly that I could actually go to school on campus. Mm-hmm. Well, but I could have sat back in the there. class and just shouted nerd to him the whole time. Keep no, shouting to him. Which like... sound effects, dude? They suck. <laughs> That's an oh, inside yeah. joke. Rolling to get it. I, uh, I like, Full Sail uh, messed something up. So, like, I couldn't go to class online even though I moved down to Florida. It got all stirred up. So, Roland, thankfully, let me <laughs> let me come to a couple because he was like well you're down here and i was like thank you um but um yeah i I probably wrote this film when i was down there it's a short um 2d animation film about nightlights and teddy bears which is you know a jab of fun at like a nightlight and teddy bear and it's kind of um we keep on saying it's about the heroes of bedtime um so it's about it's about I think we're gonna ha- we're trying to have it eight minutes with credits. Um, we'll okay, see that's, if that's we- not bad. Yeah. Is it CG yeah. animated or traditionally? No, it's traditional. A tradition. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you guys mm-hmm. are going traditional. Yeah, I It's gonna be really hard. Um, I'm not gonna lie to you. Um, especially uh, we uh, got the storyboard down and like, you know, once you start seeing something, it looks really great on paper and then you start seeing it and you're like, Oh, but mm-hmm. we can do this and we can do that. And yeah. then uh, like, eventually we were like, okay, now we need to stop. We're, we're out of place. And I mean, I know I'm biased, but I think it's like, I think it's really something it's like so cute. And we all talk going into this about like what kind of animation style we wanted and all this. And the big thing that we wanted, um, which is kind of funny because Disney just announced that they were going to bring 2d animation back is that, you know, our, yeah, for their anniversary, they were going to try to bring 2d animation back. And we all kind of said the age group that we're at, we're all like, um, you know, mid early, mid and late twenties for the most part. Um, what we call you so like young creators and we said like the the 2d animation is what we fell in love with and right. you know companies like disney and dreamworks are going away from that 2d animation like comics is still like it, like it, it's with that type of artwork but film went away from it and it's yeah. like we want we all that's what we fell in love with as kids and what we would like to bring to the table as adults so we kind of for a small period of time we're like should we go 3d because that's popular and we're like that's not what we want when we become like when we become the leaders in film like when we become uh replace who is in charge of filmmaking now and get into the industry we want to bring back 2d animation so we really wanted to go traditional with it and um 
thankfully the animators have been like really great. So yeah, well, I hope that worked because 2D. I mean, you know the reason 3D animation got such a huge push. Oh right? yeah, it's cost effectiveness. I mean, the, the I mean, cost is like a yeah. fraction of what 2D animation is. Yeah, but I I will die on this hill. Yeah, that there is a magic. With, like you talk about like Disney magic, and I say mm-hmm. Disney even though everybody else did it, but I I will die on the hill that you watch a 2D animation film versus like the 3D ones that they make now, and it's like there's just something magical still about 2D. Oh. I mean, those those two some of those 2D animation films stand the test of time, and you can say oh it's a storyline, but the animation is something. Oh yeah, like, my favorite was the you know. Don Bluth. That he was my favorite animator. Yeah. Uh, secretive name the land before time well they said they said a mood like i mean in all honesty like the work doing it by hand yeah even when you're even when you're animating 2d digitally right when you're doing the artwork digitally it still sets a mood in in, like that is a contrast to like 3d uh cgi kind of uh animation you know yeah. Um, like you, you mentioned, secret of, secret of Nims and whatnot. You know, you get like, uh, was it the old Fire and Ice? Uh, based off. Oh, Falbach. Yeah, yeah, I love that show. You know yeah. what I mean? Um, just or uh, um, what is it? Uh, heavy metal. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know I mean? stuff like that. Like that was all done by hand. You know what I mean? It's yeah. Like, well, all of it. A lot of it. So much better. Uh, some of it was rotoscoped. Fire and Ice was rotoscoped. There was yeah. actually a lot of scenes in Heavy Metal that were rotoscoped. The uh, one, the final scene with a lady, I think her name was Tarja. There's a lot of that is rotoscoped. But rotoscoping doesn't bother me. And I remember animators always be like, you rotoscope, you're a cheater. And yet now everyone does motion capture for 3D. And I'm right. like, oh, okay, yeah. so now that's not cheating, right? That's so, not cheating now. <laughs> I know. Now it's okay. So, no, rotoscoping I think is totally fine. I, it's still I the still same consider rotoscoping within that, like, of like you know of a 2d animation one i mean that i don't it's just a tool like i know that that's how people felt about digital digital yeah. anything you know, Which you know, seems so weird tool, that... like, you still use it for anything else but like yeah but it was like this claim to fame like no i only do it by hand and i'm like whatever i've yeah. done oh. digital animation by hand i don't like it no i don't either i don't think any yeah. of us are going to uh and going to three verbs of daytona cons i do not know. I may. I know I'm looking into it, but I know airline tickets have shot through the roof recently. So we'll see right. how that's going. Um, three rivers, no. Yeah, we were gonna. We were planning a family trip to uh, California, and we had to cancel that. I might. Really? I might crash much- three rivers, regardless of whether I'm actually invited or not. I'm just gonna go crash. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's gonna go crash. It. Awesome. How much was like, like a GoPro? A GoPro helmet on on uh, your dyno. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> how was the uh, how were the tickets going to California? Were they just like? Um, I mean they were pretty pricey because gas and everything. But uh, yeah. but like is that and other stuff like just all of a sudden things kind of just dropped on us and we're like, there's no way we can make this happen. No, uh, it, yeah. they're they're like ridiculous. So, I used to be able to like uh like fly to Chicago for like like. 120 bucks like, really, i checked it was 520 i was like absolutely not for an, a 45 minute flight at no yeah because yeah. i would literally flying across the country i'm in portland yeah. so right. i'd be flying the florida um you know i mean unless florida breaks off and floats into the ocean um <laughs> no, which no, you california know california will fall into the ocean before florida does do you think california and florida will find themselves in the ocean and form a new country 
No, it'll be a half foot for McCoy. <laughs> Think about it. Florida as a yeah. whole is conservative and whatnot. And yeah. California they would just repel not. each other. I they know. would be two floating states warring at each other. Jeez. <laughs> no. So you I saw your Kickstarter. So you don't have any preliminary animations or anything to show yet for the Well, like we we have not really we have like the turnarounds done and um like we just got like the animatic done so like we have the storyboard we're planning to like okay. do like like um glimpses of that we added a couple in the kickstarter plus like i think the turnaround of maybe the knight and the teddy bear are in there but um okay yeah we are like literally we got hit really early on with like covid delays like it was like yeah. literally i think every single person in pre-production wow. got COVID. It was, it was like, we were playing, which we rather ha- have the delays happen earlier because pre-production right. is way early. Like it's easier to work around than being in production. Yeah. But like, I'm telling you, I think every single person in our pre-production team got COVID. It was, wow. yeah, so it was like, it around. Oh my God. Right. It was, like, but it was like I was like we are all working remote. Like everyone is on a different corner of the country, and every single person got COVID. I was like, what is going on? <laughs> it's like almost the poltergeist cursed, cursed yeah. with the movie. It's two hundred four for one one night. God, yeah, what is the hotel? Right. It depends on where you go and how far how far from the convention you want to be. Yeah. I think uh, one of the years I went, I think I was like 45 minutes to an hour away, and my hotel room was like pennies in comparison. Wow. Like, it's not that it's not that big a drive. You just take the high, yeah. like, whatever the highway you're, you're near. Um, it's just crazy, and- the prices. Like, I got, for, like, a previous film that I did, mm-hmm. uh, and I, we, it, it won a bunch of awards worldwide, and we just got invited to... Um, the indie short film awards out in um los angeles it's like somewhere in hollywood and like it's in september and we're just kind of weighing the options because it's a great opportunity because everything else like they did just remote like they didn't have people come in for the film festivals and we're like but we're looking at the prices and the hotels and it's like oh my god can like is it worth it we don't know you have a cat back there yeah 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 it's not worth it so you know, I was gonna, I was gonna, not to change the subject. I was gonna ask this, Carrie, because you're a writer. Yeah. So you penciling pages. This is about tonight. Subject mm-hmm. is about penciling pages, which we'll touch on that a little bit here. Um, uh, when you write your script, how do you do you how do you write descript? Do you write descriptions about? So when I write, since I'm a penciler, when I write scripts yeah. for myself or other people. I would write like this is a three four shot or this is an overhead shot or this is the midway shot and this is the do you write that or do you just generally write like this is what should be in the scene you choose the angle it really depends um you know i write i know there's a lot of people that just you know some people just write comics some people just write films Mm -hmm. and like i'm all over the board because i get very bored so i'm like i'm gonna write a movie and then i'm gonna write a script and then i'm gonna go write a comic and and jump back and forth and I really like working with a lot of different artists. Um, you know, it, it ranges. Cause like Quentin and I, when we met and I started telling him the story and we're throwing things back and forth, even Quentin said this, like our creative flame, like, like really connected. And that doesn't always happen yeah. when you work with artists. So like, sometimes you're throwing things at them and they're just not, they're not catching it. And you're like, okay, is it their creativeness? Is it my creativeness? Am I not doing this correctly? 
Like, Quentin, for example, I feel like everything him and I communicate about, we, we really are on the same page. I haven't had yeah. one thing. Like, it's, like, literally exactly, like, for Night Rise, um, what I was thinking. So I might say, like, for an example, for Night Rise, I'll be like, um, if, if it's very complicated, sometimes I'll draw mm-hmm. out the boxes and attach it to, like, underneath and be like, this is how I was thinking it. Oh, a um, thumbnail, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I'll be like, uh, you know, that this, uh, this, uh, like a close up shot. Here's these two characters. This is what's happening at this angle. I probably do a little more movie references or camera angle references right. than I should for comics, but it just works. You know, when I with how I duel things, it kind of works for me. Um, so I don't feel like I give Quentin as much detail as I do a lot of other projects that I do because I feel like Quentin is an artist that, you know, he always picks up what yeah. I lay down and there's things where he's like, um, the other thing is I I'm one of those people that I'm like, Oh, don't change it. If I didn't say it that way, because I might have a plan, but Quentin's always like, well, if I change panels, will that be okay? And it always has been okay. But sometimes there's, there's people where I'm like, okay, this is word for word, what this needs to look like. Um, yeah. So I'm usually, like I said, it really depends with who I'm working with because I'll just like kind of read the room and read the exchange and what the artist is giving back to me. And then I know where I have to be for that. Yeah. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. Um, Because I I get some, some of the scripts I got from people are very loose. Some, or I'm always more detailed thinking as an artist, but sometimes I won't say that i'll just put it in the information but a lot of scripts i've written i write for myself generally i don't write a script for my, myself sometimes i do i was writing a script for myself for a story i was planning to do later just because i didn't have time to thumbnail it so i was just writing it out mm-hmm. um but it's weird i i want writers sometimes do that and then there's the marvel mm-hmm. method where they just give you a synopsis and let the artist just kind of i think roland does that some yeah um, but i feel like i morph between it like there's some pages where i'm like okay this is what's going on like yeah like i remember there was a battle scene and like i said i'm like quentin is someone that like again he picks up what i lay down so i was like there was one where it was like an open fold and i was like here's a battle like draw it how you will because nothing is said it's whatever you want here's some my ideas but have fun with it he was like cool so you got a lot of people dancing in the scene yeah, just just a lot of like cha cha. It's, it's, really, it's not like weapons and one. That's a dance battle. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah he didn't specify what kind of battle out. it was. Mm-hmm. Um, so I mean, now Jose, did do you have a copy of the script when you ink? I mean, ideally, it would be nice, but that doesn't. Do you want? Happen. I have a copy of the script. <laughs> do you want me to forward you that? You know, like pages left, like. Yeah, you only you, like this one is done, but for the next one, just because sometimes it might help you get a sense of the story. Because I just get, hey, I know you're done, but have... this would have made your job easier. Yeah. He's like, oh, he's like, this is what I think the story is supposed to be, but I have no yeah. idea. Right, man. I'm if just... I go back to, to the script for issue one, just like, oh, geez, I, I destroyed that. What was I? That's terrible. What I don't want to say anything, but I mean, you know. And I, I am uh, done with the, the first six pages of issue two, so so I can start sending those to you. And I and and uh, not yet, so not yet. no, no, it's um, okay. They're, they're coming. I'll just start dumping them on you. I was, uh, 
I was, I, I spent the last few days because I was only able to put a little bit of time in it a day, but uh, doing, um, working on inks for the variant cover that mm. Dean did. That was, yeah, Dean did. Yeah, yeah. I know, that, I know it, was, it was being passed around for like a minute amongst our group and whatnot, but I'm like, I wasn't going to say anything, but like, Roland's like, I'm going to, I'm going to send this to you. I'm like, all right, that's cool. <laughs> you were having so much fun with it. I didn't want to say, uh, yeah, guys, uh, that's, that's me doing it. Yeah. See, this like this sounds fun. You're like, oh, it got passed around, and then I had a heart attack because my script got lost. <laughs> I have no idea. I mean, yeah, you said it like, got lost. Like, they're like, you were supposed to send this in, and I was like, I did. Who has it? <laughs> I thought it was funny because uh, I made the reference. I think I think I told my wife. I made the, like, oh, I know I'm supposed to be inking in this cover, and uh, I see this person asking for it, and this person asking for it. like it's being passed around to other people. Like it reminds me what happened with my son when uh when we finally took him to go see our my family. Like after my <laughs> wife died. my wife it was it was our first kid together, you know what I mean? Her first child, my second. Yeah. And she was very like like uh protective, like mo- definitely very mama bear. And we went to go meet my family. I just took him and started passing him to my mom and my mom passed him to my aunts and whatnot. And my wife's like Where's my son? Where's my child? <laughs> I don't That's know. Awesome, around it's here. My fir- like it's my first comic. Like it's my first right. comic. So I'm like, I need to know everyone that's touching it. I want to know like what's happening. And then like somebody's just like, oh yeah, I saw it. It was great. And I was like, how did you get it? Right. Like, where did it go? <laughs> yeah, I, I read I read your pitch to Roland because he he was said he sent a list of pitches. Um, like I said, I almost chose yours. I know you. You didn't think I was good enough. I know. No, I, no. I uh, you know, it, it's okay. I mean, you, you're young. You have a lot of time to work heavier. on that. <laughs> <laughs> hey, but no, like, listen. I because I, I was doing fantasy, so I thought, well, I'm going to try sci-fi for now. And um, yeah, hey, that, you know, we all make bad choices, and that was we all we, we do. <laughs> you know. And uh, I'm not even drawn. I, you guys have seen the stuff that I'm doing on the two pictures, but I'm doing a different thing for a story because um, I'm drawing obsoletes and then I'm doing this barbarian character called Nock the Barbarian. I called him Nock because I was thinking I Nocturnal. Saw, was it the, the other one? You did the second picture. Yeah, of like the yeah, tentacles. Yeah, yeah. It was supposed was to be cool. the idea that the tentacles were coming down. He didn't know they were there. I just thought of nocturnal, and I just then it just knocked, and I'm like, knock the bar. And I don't know. I don't know who this character is. I'm just drawing goofy pictures of him. I do. <laughs> um, why? Why not? Uh, just keep me drawing, right. um, drawing my own stuff. I think I always have to be able to draw my own stuff. Where I go nuts. Nothing against Roland and and all the stuff he keeps sending my way. He keeps sending me his, like geeky comic book stuff, I, whatever. Um, but so, do you pencil, Jose? Do have you pencil pages and comics and stuff? Work um, on scripts? I penciled in school, um, and I don't mind doing it. I'm just not very good at it personally. Okay. And I know people are like, "Oh, if you can ink, you can pencil." It's not really. That's not doesn't translate that way to me. Yeah. Um, I, can, I think they're two I different the skill sets. Even, even if people like. Aaron, Aaron does not like drawing panel borders at all. Yeah, me, <laughs> enough, I do. What happens is they're so light. Like if you if you look at my page here, I'll get one of my actual pages I'm working on. The panel borders are in there, so I rule them out. I don't know if you can see them. I rule them out, right. and then when I scan them, they just they just kind of vanish. 
because yeah, they're so the lightly took, drawn I on where the where the artwork stopped and just yeah sometimes i had to like change just to change the depth a little bit just to make sure all the all the uh the gutters are like fairly the same size you know strangely but, enough if you want i can just start putting a black board on a separate layer around the, okay it's, yeah because yeah, there was a few things where because it's so light i mean i see them on my page i mean they're clear as day and then i you know I scan stuff in, and then I'm like, "Where the borders go?" And I'm like, "What's the right. borders in my world? Everything is free flowing, like a Will Eisner comic." <laughs> and, um, but yeah, it like, goes I, with I the mean, flow. I'm not. It is not my strong suit. I I really do prefer to do ink inking, which yeah. is funny though, because before I went to art school, I hated the idea of like ink and stuff on my hands. Oh, really? Like, I yeah, like I don't like touching boxes because it, i feel it's like dry and i just i don't like the texture yeah. but like ever since the art school like uh one of the things jan dersima said to me was like if your hands aren't dirty by the time you're done inking then you, you've not done it right I'm like, not, okay. yeah. and, and i get that I, I was like really like i have to get my hands dirty and then at some point during school i stabbed myself with my crow quill so now i have this black dot tattoo right there's the only tattoo i i will ever have unless i stab myself again somehow <laughs> I told you about, did I ever tell you about the guy, because I went to <laughs> and there was a guy in there that would drink out of his ink bottle accidentally. He did it twice. That's gross. He's sitting in the back the first time we heard cursing, and he's like spitting out black ink. And then a few minutes later, we hear him do the same thing. And we're like, dude, he, he's inking, and he would reach up to reach for his drink, which apparently is right next to the ink bottle, and he would take the ink bottle and drink. I'm like, yeah, but how do you not look at I've only ever seen people do that with like very chew, small. chew stuff. They go and have a, like yeah. a spit bottle and accidentally drink out of the spit bottle. How do you know? Oh. That that is that that that's, that's rather nasty. that is that's yeah. nasty. Like especially when someone drinks are. out of the wrong one. Like uh, like, mm. and I'm saying that's not their like, not their spit bottle. It's right. like guy next I've had cousins who did that. Like my yeah. cousin had a, had a bottle next to him. And uh, had a uh, like a McDonald's cup because McDonald's cups used to come in like paper white cups. Yeah. And he would like spit yeah. his stuff into that through with a straw and drink out of his bottle. And then cousins would come along like, oh, you know, my cousin has as a glass of pop there. I'm oh. gonna grab it and drink it. And by the way, I'm from the north, so it's pop. In case yeah. anybody was questioning me, it's so, not. Yeah, but okay. It is. It's, and it's, it's why you don't have your crown anymore. You can't say anything. You call the thing that heats your room a radiator. We keep radiator. adding ours, so That's, everyone says. When to, yeah, when we came to Pennsylvania to like uh, look at houses when I was going, before I went to school. Said, it oh, depends. Yeah, like Radiators are the ones radiator. against the wall. Well, well, well. Are, you, are, you, are you in the right stream, sir? You can't just barge uh, into people's streams. Oh man, <laughs> <sighs> it's good to be here. It is. We're talking I about get y'all's views up. Get y'all view. Well, that's true. Considering they go yeah. down so much with me here, um, but like Jose said earlier, it's like they watch me. It's like watching a train wreck in slow motion. That's why they tune in. Yeah. Um, right. Car uh, yeah. Train wreck. Everyone turns to look. Yeah. 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 You want to look away, but bunch you know, of rubbernecks. Yeah. yeah oh yeah. You have to see. Um. Yeah, we're talking about penciling pages. We're talking about writing scripts because Jose doesn't really pencil. He's penciled a few pages in school, but he likes inking more. Um, he likes to trace more than he likes to draw. I like adding depth and texture of my own, right? No. And chasing Amy, that was the whole thing about tracing. Now, I've never, when I went to Cuba, I never heard that 
joke. Now, I'm not saying right. it didn't exist, but in that movie, there was the guys kind of like, you know, you trace, you're inking, you're a tracer. And I've never heard, I, you as an inker, have you ever heard somebody say that to you that you trace? Um, I hear it more, or I heard it more after that movie came That's out. That's what I'm thinking. Like, I yeah. never, never even, like, I think when that movie came out, I think I was still in high school. And right. I never once heard that. And I, even in high school, I knew I wanted yeah. to ink. You know what I mean? I knew I wanted to work on comics. I just didn't have the confidence or like support to like tell me. Hey, well, because yeah, it was always such a, a weird thing when they would call it tracing. Because to me, tracing is actually like you're you're, you're drawing like in pencil. That's why I think of tracing. Like you're tracing something in pencil, but right. going over something in ink just, that's defies even the concept of tracing. I understand it was a joke, but I never really got why. Like, oh, you're a tracer, you're anchor, and I'm like. No, that would be like calling somebody who colors in a picture with color crayons like a tracer or right. something. I, I don't I know. I didn't really I get it. He's going over the lines. And I never heard it. Like I said, I never heard yeah. it before that movie. Yeah, that's why I was wondering because I heard it in the movie. I'm like, is this a running gag in the comic community that I just haven't heard of? Because I never heard of it either until that movie. Yeah, and then after so, that movie, I hear it was all about the, everything. I graduated from yeah. school. I heard it, still heard it about everything. I'm like, really, guys? We need new material. Yeah, yeah. Oh God, yeah. And well, ever since uh, Keen Peel did the AA Ron skit, I've heard that forever. Oh yeah. Listen, uh, I still call my kids AA Ron. Yeah. Well, that's just th- said out of love and just to you know build character in them, right? So quit. So Quentin, do you pencil? Since you do digitally, do you really pencil your stuff, or do you do a rough sketch and just go straight to ink? Not when I do digital. I'm fixing to share my screen, but I do a lot of doodling uh, before I do anything else. And I I think I've shown this before, but like I have uh, notebook after notebook stuff, just just random stuff. And uh, boy, that is yeah, yeah. I just fill stuff up. I mean, just thing after one thing after the other just testing out arms hands looks facial expressions see pictures of my uh, mom in there yeah yeah <laughs> uh, i do a lot of this i'll i'll do it this way and then just uh you know if anybody ever goes through this they're gonna notice that sometimes i flip it like if if i get down here where it's hard for yeah. my hand to get i just flip uh, it over and yeah. start drawing upside down so whoever gets this after i get done with it they're gonna yeah. enjoy uh, looking at it. I, ne- uh, I never kept. Sca- I was really mad. Like yeah, yeah. What is this? Oh wait, <laughs> turn it sideways. I never kept sketchbooks. I don't know why. I've tried to actually keep. Sketchbooks, I've never been good it's at just it. A habit. Yeah, I just never have never been able to, to do it. Well, I just paint on floors and walls, and then it gets covered up. It's covered up, but it's there <laughs> what, for all time, right? What's funny about this Every though is anyway. I don't. I I. The one of, this is one of the reasons why I don't use a, a sketchbook or like a notebook is because I always hated like the pencil smudging. So if you'll notice here, I am doing only ink in here. Got on all ink. Yeah, this is all <laughs> ink. So whatever whatever gets drawn in there is in pen. So it's okay. Staying. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but that's that's because I hate when the pencils. Uh, you know, I work so hard on something and the pencils smudge. And, you know, in the early pencil stage, there's just a certain spirit and vibrance uh, to it. Sometimes I hate to finish stuff because it's got like it loses something when you start really laying some hard lines down and getting rid of other lines. 
Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Because it's, um, it's funny because when I, I almost, as weird as it is, inking and penciling are such distinctive disciplines a little bit that with digital, because like when I do digital, I am very rough like that. And then when I draw, go in and draw over my roughs, I just draw it in black ink. So it's almost like you're technically getting rid of inking and penciling in a weird way, but combining them in another way. Like in other words, when you finish pencils, I do finish pencils for the inker. But I wouldn't do finish pencils for the digital for me because I don't need to. Even for myself, I will do finished pencils before I ink it. If just when I ink my own stuff, I do finished pencils. But in digital, you don't even need to do that. You could just do roughs like that and then immediately just start drawing in black ink. And then it's technically inked when you're done. Yeah, it's, it. a, it's a wasted step. Uh, when yeah. you do digital. Uh, but another yeah. thing I say about it too, though, is uh, again, you know, like, uh, I don't know. I, 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 I seem to do better this way anyway, because with too many steps, I get bogged down in it and it make it just, uh, I don't know. Yeah. I, I, it loses something. Once again, it loses something very important and I'm not sure what it is, but it just doesn't feel the same as when I, when i you know, go to the inks and, uh, I don't like getting tired of something for sure. Uh, that is, I have a time yeah. limit on stuff and if it goes over that time limit, then it's not fun anymore. It's just work. And I yeah. hate when it comes to that, but it yeah, I don't happen. know. I've, I was going to, I, I think this obsolete, I was going to do digitally, but since I'm already doing it traditionally, I'm just going to finish it traditionally. Partly it's because I like drawing on my, my table. Um, and just because I was trying to figure out a way to draw in pencil on the computer. And the way they mimic the pencil is they give a very rough edge to mimic that pencil. That's technically not how pencil looks on paper unless you magnify it. So it's like I'm drawing in pencil and I was like, yeah, but this looks very rough. I'm like, I could just do this a fraction of time. And then because it seems like to you, because no one's even inking Night Rise, are they? It just goes to you, to the colorist. No one's inking it, is are they? Yeah. Uh, no, I'll, I'll be inking it. Yeah, because it's just, and it's not even the fact that it's an extra step. It's just you and the process of drawing it digitally are inking it. Yeah, it's a wasted step uh, yeah. when you when you work digital because uh, the whole point of penciling something is because you can erase, and right. if you can erase your ink, then why even mm-hmm. go you know go there? Uh, yeah, you might it's as well weird. just. I've seen, uh, I know artists who will pencil pages roughly, uh, I think Brian Oatley does this, and then he will pencil them, and then he'll print them out, and then ink over them traditionally. Mm -hmm. Which, you know, and I I mean, I do think there is still a little bit of a difference between digital and analog art. I think it's, the gap is, is slowly coming closer together, but I do think there is a little bit of you can see it a little bit. Well, I, I will say this, though. Uh, I don't want anybody to get me wrong here. I definitely see the value in penciling something not digital. Yeah. And then bringing it in and doing it, you know, the rest of it uh, digital. Because, yeah. you know, there is a bit of a different style. Because if you look in my notebook and you look on here, there is just a teeny bit. Just It's got something to do with the, the roughness of the paper. It's got, you know, just, uh, you know, you just work different on your notebook than you do uh, on the glass, you know, on the, or whatever you're using. 
And uh, it is. I definitely see the value of doing it outside of digital and then bringing it into digital. That's usually what I did with my goblins. It was not. I didn't ink my goblins. I I just did refine the pencils and colored the pencils, and did that. Uh, just because I was. I thought that the ink lines looked too stark for this sort of old book page I was going for. And I liked the idea of seeing the sketch lines behind it. Um, they used to do that in the uh, Disney used to do an animation that one of the big examples, of 101 Dalmatians, where yeah. you would, you would, they would animate and you would see the underdrawings. And I thought that was such a cool, because especially as a kid, as an artist, seeing the underdrawings come on, I'm like, oh, wow, look at that. That's cool. And I was like, could I do a comic like that? You you can. If you find the pencils and leave the underdrawing in, you can do it to a point. That's what I wanted to have. So I skipped inking as a step. But I wonder if I would have inked digitally now. I usually ink by hand. But I'm so used to doing everything by hand that there's still something. I deprive the most joy from doing it by hand than doing it digitally. Digitally may speed it up. But I have more fun doing it by hand. If that makes any sense. Yeah, I actually like like my favorite is to ink uh, traditionally. Yeah, there's just I, something about it which is very relaxing and and I don't know and I'm you know and it's I mean I have no problem working either way, uh, but just to exp- speed it up. Yeah, because I thought about I was <laughs> my pencils weren't going to come out right with the obsolete. It's not just like well since I started it analog I'll just finish it analog. But my next comic series I do I might. And I've thought about how fast I could even do a comic series. I thought about doing little one-shot stories by Knock the Barbarian. Nothing big. Like, I was thinking of making each individual issue its own little story. Like, basically Conan the Barbarian. Every short story in Conan the Barbarian was its own story. We didn't right. need to read them in really any order. Um, but I was curious with digital how fast I can get it done. I don't know. Maybe. I noticed that it there has been some slowdown. I've noticed and this may just be me practicing with digital. I'd be curious to ask Quentin this. When I do my pencils, when I go in and, and do over the final ink line, I usually have to do a second pass to go back and thicken up certain lines that are going away or that are in the shadow. So I'll, I'll do it all like the fine lines and ink. And I'll go back and thicken the, the sort of lines that are below where the light's shining or whatever. So usually have to do a second I do pass. that, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I do that. Uh so. Yeah, I, I do that quite a bit. I'll go back over lines like whenever I finally do this guy right here uh, or any of these, I'll go back and whatever the uh, lines are farthest away from the light, I'll start darkening up the, the under edges. Yeah. Um, to show where the light's coming from and that, yeah, where you're going to Yeah, see. and it, it adds just a little level of interest to it, uh, you know, or so they say. It, now, but, is this a cosplay it, convention you're drawing here? Yep. <laughs> okay. Yep. They're know. all in line this to the bathroom for the dance battle. This, this is the dance battle. battle. Yeah. This is the cosplay the dance battle. That's what they're all doing. They're 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 dancing around. It's a dance off. Just so. for just for um. On a separate layer, you should draw on like a hot, sexy cosplay in the background. Because I could just like, you had all these cosplayers, and there has to be one girl that's like in a bikini, but with a skull mask on or something. <laughs> yeah. With, with, uh, yeah. Because every time that they'll show one of my friends. <laughs> well, the, I see these videos on Facebook all the time, like cosplay at, you know, WonderCon or whatever. I just saw another one. And, and some of the cosplays, like people making robots, are really cool. But I say almost half of it is girls and less and less clothing. 
And I'm just like, like one person showed, uh, like some person that was supposed to have jeans, but they cut like the cosplay had like person wear jeans, but they cut cut the jeans off in little like jean panties or what. I'm like, okay, so it's sexy versions, which I always thought was funny in Halloween. They do that. It's always like sexy yeah. pirate, sexy nurse. But then when they go to cosplay, it's the same thing. It's like we could take this sort of version to make it sexy for me. And I, I was just like, huh. And I've been I've been to enough conventions. I know that that's just true. That this you know, and I don't know if it's just the characters. I mean, I'm sure a lot of the characters are made by guys, so girls dress up. But it was, I don't know. I was always like, but then I see I see men who you know dress as him and are just wearing a speedo and just walking around a speedo with a sword and so who's that too? So. Yeah, uh, I look amazing in my sexy nurse cosplay. Well, I know you sent me those photos last night. I mean, you know, See? so I have I have proof, evidence, <laughs> and stuff. So, are you now? You're not coloring it, are you, Quentin? Or are you coloring it? Uh, you know what I've decided to do, and I decided this just today as I was talking to somebody. You know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna finish out coloring this page and the first page just to set the tone for whoever mm-hmm. takes it up. So that's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna color the first and second page. Of course, I haven't run this through anybody. I still need to talk to Mackenzie about it. Still need to talk to uh, Roland about it and everybody, but just to kind of set the tone. I don't mean for them to match and do what I do. I'm just saying, like, as far as color-wise, you know. Well, I guess I think that's kind of what we needed for the, the, like, how we talked about last time. Like, the Christmas one is, is, it's colored beautifully. It's just, like, wasn't our vision. Which, it was fine. So, it's felt. Yeah, and there was no way the person could have known. Uh, yeah, you know, yeah. because yeah. there was no kind of they didn't have all the stuff and it was uh, a bit rushed on some parts. But, you know, most comic book stuff is a lot of times yeah. most of the most yeah. famous stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, Secret Wars. I mean, they had people staying in hotel rooms, you know, drawing, yeah. drawing in hotel rooms overnight all night long. I mean, that yep. was that must have been madness. Uh, Secret Wars. The Ringling Museum. Uh, one mm-hmm. of like the satellite museums up until I think two months ago, no, last month, March, up until well, up until March, um, they had uh, Mike Zek exhibit. So like they had all his like the secret like was it Secret Wars uh, the first issue for Secret mm-hmm. Wars they had all his uh, his work up there and then GI Joe classified like the actual pages and whatnot. Mm-hmm. I went and saw it before I had my bionic eyes put in. So wow. everything was like super hazy. I had to get real close. Really close. To the page. Like, what are you doing? I was like, I'm half blind, people. Like, don't judge me. Back away from the glass, sir. No, I can't see anything. <laughs> I never got a chance to go back and look at it with, with my bionic eyes, but man, uh, they were trying. I think they're going to try and bring his stuff back. Like he was supposed to come and like um, be there for signings and stuff like that. Yeah, but he never ended up making it. But yeah, it was yeah. super cool, like to see, like you brought Secret Wars, so it was really cool, like to be able to there see. There was the one, I think, one show that came here that was it was more like cartoonist, but I've never had. Again, Portland's an anomaly. You think we have a lot of art museums? You think one of them would put a comic book gallery show up because all the comic companies? No, I haven't seen I've one seen yet. Portlandia, people are weird. I watched ten minutes of Portlandia. I'm like, yep, those are the. Uh, <clears throat> 
punks that live across the river from me. <laughs> I, I just I didn't need to watch anymore. I'm like, yeah, this is just the stupid people I deal with every day. So I'm like, yeah, okay, whatever. Yeah, I never watched it. Um, <laughs> I didn't need to. I yeah, lived like, the adventure. You see it every day, huh? Like, Portland is not that weird. That show, that show painted this city out to be like this is weird. The, the city is much more angsty than like, oh, it's goofy. It's like, no, everyone's just angry in Portland about everything. You know, the times I, I've been up north, <laughs> uh, yeah, that seems to kind of be the thing. Uh, and it, it's not grumpy. really just north. It's uh, metropolitan areas, for sure. Yeah. Uh, not not ever, everybody, but, you know, uh, a lot of times people say, yeah, I really like that place, or I really didn't like that place. It's usually because somebody was either really nice to them or really or mean really to mean. them. Yeah, and it's like the old saying goes: a place is only as good as the people you meet there. That's true. Well, the fact that I live in 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 Vancouver, Washington, you should never come to that place. It's like I know that guy. That guy's a punk. You know, I I tried a realistic style uh, years back, and I just there was just something about it I could never, I never felt good about. And and what it was is it was missing the exaggeration. And the thing is, yeah. we're working with still images. And, you know, if we were making a movie or something, you might be able to get by with, you know, bland stuff. But with it being still images, you have to really, you know, show things exaggerated to be able to get your ideas across. That's why I really think it's funny when all these people are talking about how exaggerated somebody's muscles are or somebody's... uh, facial expressions and they, they're they're like knocking the artist and his craft by saying these things what they don't understand is like i just said we we are we're working in a steel medium it's it's mm-hmm. steel it's it's not going to move but if you exaggerate things you can make it look as if it's in motion or uh, yeah. yeah i was yeah. i always think of like comics kind of like when you learn about like like film and theater, like film, you don't, you don't necessarily exaggerate things because the camera is so close and you can see the emotions where theater, you have to make sure it gets to the last row. And I feel like that's, that's like between like the the comics and, and the difference because once Quentin said, it's like a still medium. So like you need to get the emotion and the movement that's not there in that first shot. Yeah. Right. Well, it's, it's a, uh... It's like somebody explained it one time as like uh, miming. You know, they're not telling you what they're doing. They're having to use their body language to explain it. And they kind of go a little bit overboard with some of their gestures and stuff just to let you know what, you know, mm-hmm. yeah. give you more of a clue what they're doing, you know. Yeah. So when they're pulling their cell phone, the old rope, they're moving their whole body with it. You know, right. and that's, that's kind of what you're doing with... Uh, the comics, you know, yeah, people would not stand in these ridiculous poses. Of course they wouldn't. But, you know, people are moving and they're they're not uh, sitting still like these people. So you don't have to go that extra mile. Uh, but, yeah. No, no. And you're, you're a pencil in a two-page spread. I think this is page. Um, yeah, I had to make my four. own template. Uh, is we it, is didn't... this two and three? Yep, two and three. Okay, yeah. Yeah, we're starting it with a bang, just like Lord of the Rings, Fellowship of the Rings. You remember in that first? Y'all realize y'all got we got that huge scene at the beginning of that with uh, the battle, 
against yeah. Sauron. And, you know, we didn't see another battle like that. There was plenty of action later, but it took us to the second movie, you know, the the, the last yeah. quarter of the well, second movie to, yeah. to get that again. But that was enough right there to make you wait, you know, yeah. wait for it. It's so not you just, you know. I, the, I mean, either it's a cosplay group because I know they're coming at the guys of the fire. Are they just are they selling something? I mean, maybe they're just traveling salesmen. Fundraising. They're or, fundraising. Yeah, they're, no, they're just going for, like they're just heading off to the grocery store. That's all. That's, that's, that's what I thought. Yeah, I thought they'd be all in line for the bathroom at the con. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think, you should, I think yeah. like the group to the right. What are you doing the in there? <laughs> To draw one in the back with a bag of groceries. Yeah. Trying to get home, man. <laughs> well, it's it's looking very um, family friendly, Quentin. Um, yeah, that's what I'm shooting lo- like, for. Like Quentin, I know I always tell you this, but like it looks banger. It looks good. It looks okay. I mean, you can't give him that much credit. I have to. Like, I'm in love with it. <laughs> <laughs> so, and this is four I issues long, it. right? Yeah, I mean, okay. like, I'm gonna see if I can talk Roland into more because it's it's not enough. Oh, you don't need Roland's permission. Just just make it. Yeah, don't just let, like, don't let Roland tell you what to do. Roland, who's Roland? Yeah, I don't know. Some no, dude. Just yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like what? I'll be like, I'll keep on. I'll send it to Quentin directly. Right. I'll be like, here's yeah. issue five. Um, here's issue six. I don't know what they're talking about, boss. But if you're watching. Yeah. I'm not involved. <laughs> Apparently, Jeff Potts at the sale on Jelly at the Piggly Wiggly. That's what I I oh, thought yeah. they were going. Oh, That's why I thought they were going. Yeah. You know, give me um, the jelly. But I do think that guy all the way over to the right might have to go to the bathroom. Yeah, <laughs> you think so? I mean, he looks yeah. up. He looks like he's holding yeah. If it. you can see down here, his knees are together. He's like, yeah, he's, oh, he's holding his pee pee. <laughs> He's waiting in line at the bathroom, yelling back at his oh girl. He's like, like, "Hurry up!" Yeah. Uh, no, no, it's looking good. I, I haven't, like I said, I draw my, my stuff analog. I draw some stuff digitally, but the only stuff I've been drawn is my Noctu Barbarian stuff digitally. Um, drawing the other stuff analog. So, yeah, yeah. So I, I'm almost, and then I think, yeah, I think Obsolete is four issues too. So, I'll be done with that, and then we are kickstarting. We're kickstarting the Kickstarter in May with that yeah, uh, from it. the stars, which look which looks really cool, and then Cray, which is this big barbarian. Uh, I have to I have to get with Roland because like I I think I just fell so in love with this story. Like I wanted to keep on going, and like I'm gonna see if he will let me. But like he, I had like a, another idea that I like kind of told him about in December, and I want to like get back on that one because like i've been thinking about that a lot recently and i kind of sat down and like two stories came of it so i'm like dude i'll keep giving you stories just keep man i did a part of me i i started writing because i had uh another comic story and then a few of them that i thought about doing in the works <laughs> when i sat down to write a story i'm like no i just got done with 300 pages i'm I don't want to write anything right now. I'm just I'm just <laughs> gonna draw stuff. That that's when Knock the Barbarian came in. I'm like, I don't want to write. I just want to draw stuff. I want to go straight to the fun part, and that that was my uh, goal with that. Yeah, I was like, no, I don't, I don't want to do that. So, um, yeah. 
So I was like, no, I'll just do that. The other You're people just, right. Yeah. So what and is I, tonight's uh, theme? Did I hear right that it was uh, penciling? Penciling, yeah. yeah. That's where I'm talking to you about your little skull uh, crowded yeah. scene. So Explain let me ask to- y'all this. Let me do do a little survey here. Uh, what what have y'all what do y'all think about seeing penciled comics like yeah. uh you know that you buy i love like they're finished penciled it's finished penciled uh i love that um blade of the immortal does that and i fell in love with that yeah. and now he'll he'll mix it between inked pages and then he'll do pencil pages and he mixes it back and forth um my godlings is all pencil with color um i don't know if many people can even tell though uh, I've actually confused a lot of people that think it's ink, um, and I'm like, no, it's not ink. on the pages that were up on uh, yeah. Webkins. Yeah, what? You can tell till the Godlings was done with pencils, like just because the yeah. texture of the pencil with the colors o- overlaid on top. Yeah, of it, that's what I'm can, hoping. It gave um, a, it's, it's pretty cool. Like it made it look like uh like uh you know, like you unrolled like an old scroll and whatnot, and there's illustrations on there. It kind That's of the whole like idea that. behind it. Because I actually did go back and ink one panel of my goblins when I was first starting to see how it would look with an ink panel. And it was too much of a contrast between the old... Like, I found, like, the pencil, the rough pencils behind it with the pencils actually looked more like somebody would sketch in an old scroll. And I, it just worked better, so I did yeah. that. I love comics that are just straight pencil. Um, like I said, Blade of the Immortal. There's been some other ones that have... Um, the Crow. The Crow does some pencil pages. He would mix in uh, uh, ink the, pages, the, and then um, he would do pencil pages. Are they, all the uh, flashbacks. Yeah. The flashbacks were penciled. And they were fantastic. Yeah. I actually like using that, and I thought that was a very ingenious way of doing that sort of like going from ink to pencil and like using the pencil as a flashback motive instead of color or yeah, that he used yeah. it as a way to do flashbacks. So yeah, I don't, I wish, especially with modern technology, I wish I'd do more penciled comics because I mean, obviously the printers couldn't pick up pencil. That's why we did inking in the old days, but I do right. think there's mm-hmm. something that you could do really cool pencil work today and do some really cool stuff. I'd wish I'd see more of it just because I think it's unique and different. Right. But um, it doesn't really lend itself to, well, I guess it could lend itself. I think that's the issue of why you don't see it. Yeah. And also I think just because of Because I've seen some people do uh, pencil comics where they do like the fully, like using the pencils to render out life like shadows and stuff. And that gets really cool. It's time consuming. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think if you were to do a fully like, like all like the different hard, like, uh, hard, (laughs) Hardness of graphite like HB and B12 and H3 and stuff that it would take almost as long as doing a fully painted comic because you would have to render each shadow and stuff right, or whatever. Yeah. Right. If so, you ever look yeah. at uh, Rags Morales's uh, pencils for pretty much everything he does, um, he's all about using his tortillion and just blending the, like the crap out of the pencils and, and you know what I mean? Yeah. The graphite on his paper. Like just. Like I told him like a million times, like when I saw him, I was like, dude, like seriously, everything that he did for Hawkman and whatnot was just like, like beauty to perfection to me. Yeah. Like even the commissions he does and whatnot, like I couldn't get enough of his stuff. Dean's pencils are, are uh, resident Dean. His pencils approach more like fine art pencils. I would love to see him just do a straight up penciled comic. Um, he might have to get a little more refined in some of the backgrounds, but I think he could pull it off. I think that'd be really right. cool. 
Um, I think there's yeah. something I like black and white comics, and I like different black and white. But I know color is such a it, like color never goes away. I think it depends on the book. Like honestly, like yeah, not every, not every yeah. black and white book is is good. Some of them, I I don't think that people like, and I I didn't learn it until I was in school, but I don't think people understand the value. You know what I mean? The different values of the the shades of gray that they have. Yeah. So they may think like adding this here and then rendering this in gray here and then this and but if you were if you freaking look at it like it it doesn't like when you print it off it doesn't come out very well. You know what I mean? You have to understand the balance. I do find it weird that I remember hearing most a lot of American say American comics going to be into your point. Most American comics won't sell without color. Like add like Gollies are supposed to be done in black and white. And then they, you know, I was going to pitch it to a company. I said, well, they won't look, won't look at anything that's not in color. And so I colored it, which, I mean, was no big deal either way. And I think it works better for the color. Um, but I do have, uh, it did start out in black and white. Um, but I do find it weird that so many American comics, yeah, they don't sell with that color. And then you go to manga, which is all it's black and white. Yeah, it's almost all and black. And it's all selling. So I'm like, that theory doesn't hold up sometimes. But I, it's just difference of readers. People who read American comics expect color and the pizzazz, and a lot of the people who read manga don't really seem to. They care about the artwork, but they're expecting something different. Um, yeah. So yeah, that's just two different things. I always thought because you know the one thing I'm getting tired, and this is all the colors on comic book land. The old every page is a monochromatic tone is getting really, really old. Though, like this page is, is monochromatic and all greens, and this will do all these. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. They do this all the time, and it's like, no, there's more colors in your rainbow. Take all the crayons out of the crayon box and use it. Well, we do. it that, just, as a colorist, that's a great technique. It really is because, like, for certain things, you you can use, like I said, the, the different shades and values of like green or red to like separate your foreground, middle ground, and background. Oh no, I think so it's, it's a good technique. The problem not using it so much. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. I'm not saying the technique itself, it's just every single comic uses it where the actual point to, I mean, like if somebody's going into a room where there's like a blinking red light and it's like a murder scene, if you do it all in shades of red, that's adding mood or whatever. Right. When every single page is done this monochromatic tone, it's like you're losing the storytelling technique that provides. Because yeah. you, you're like... It's you're not unique through. anymore. No, it's right. not. And I think a lot of people get a hold of this this these language storytelling language but that looks cool and do it all over not realizing like yeah but this could be used as a language i mean i mean obviously movies and the mckinsey would know there's like movies and stuff do this all the time you Mm -hmm. know mood and stuff and so i don't know not all comics do this but there's a lot of them and and i'm just again what works for film like it's again we go back to that thing we said earlier like what works for film doesn't always work for comics and what works for yeah. comics doesn't. And I remember when we were doing the, um, the Christmas special, I said something mm-hmm. about a flashback and I wanted it to be like all one color and it go across. And I didn't necessarily mean all one color, but like kind of like um, yeah. how I was thinking of when you put like a film over the camera and it like distorts the team. So kind of how they did with twilight. Yeah. Like everything was a blue you and Roland's like, Hey, like, I just don't think that's going to like, translate well to a comic and and but you can't like it just sometimes it doesn't work and you have to like yeah. change your entire thought process of what will work for right this this stuff and i've seen some people mix story you know movie and then comic book mediums i mean i remember mm-hmm. 
Ang Lee's Hulk did a pretty cool job of doing like comic book panel borders when he did the scene transitions. Yeah, that was yeah. interesting. I, I, I thought that was cool, and that's the only time I've ever seen that in a comic book movie. And I mm-hmm. thought, oh, wow, that's really cool. Um, that you could use that sort of storytelling, you know, the bordering uh, technique to actually do that stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I don't know. Do you think so? I'm going to ask Quentin this using digital. Do you think penciling will eventually become kind of a not a lost art form, but a transformed art form since you're technically not using pencil anymore? I don't know. Honestly, I I believe it's what is coming in comics is just really going to be up to people buying it. Yeah. Uh, It's going to be one of those things, whatever's trending, because I think we're seeing what, what is going to be until the next trend hits. And I, I can't imagine uh, I, you know, I can't imagine there being, I mean, and of course I could be totally wrong. I can't really see the future, but I mean, comics have always kind of survived the same way they've always survived, you know, uh, is the best way. I, I mean, it's yeah. really subjective. That's, that's my take on it anyway. I don't think it it's is really going to change much going forward. Like for it's, instance, cartoons. Yeah. Cartoons changed like y'all were talking about earlier, that was something that was fundamentally changed. And once it was, it was like, you know, uh, you know, now everything is 3d, uh, you know, and there's barely ever any real, uh, cartoons that are hand done anymore, but I don't really see that happening here. I mean, it could, but I just don't think there's enough money in it to To go fully. Yeah. And if I can add on to that, like how, Quentin just said about the film, like, but then you have, like, a young creator like me that it kind of is, like, you, they say about fashion always coming back. It's like, yeah. oh, when this person. It's the same with, like, for an example, like, film. I love 2D. So when I become, you know, the next generation of filmmakers, um, <laughs> like, I want to be, I want to bring back 2D. And I think then once I bring back 2D, the next generation of filmmakers will be like, no, we want 3D. Like, it just is a process. And it's kind of, like, you know, that's why I don't think these things actually die, um, because yeah. you always inspire the next generation. It's kind of like and the thing I'm into uh, books. Um, I like I feel like like they try to do the Nook books. They try to do Amazon Fire, all of that yeah. stuff. And it kind of didn't take off like they thought it would. I'm not saying it's not around, but people just like holding a book and they're like, but that's the old way of reading books. But people like it. And I think that's kind of like penciling. It's, it's not going to get lost because some people just like, you know, whether it be just holding a pencil in their hand and penciling yeah. or doing doing it that way. And that's why I don't think those things will be lost. And it could be a generational thing. I mean, it yeah. could be the younger generation. is. No, I mean, I have a friend who reads books all the time and she reads a lot of books on, on the phone. She told me stuff from the library, but she reads tons of books on, on her phone. And mm-hmm. um so there's, you know, there's that where people, you know, younger generations used to consuming things digitally. I, being my age, I'm not used to it. So it's still kind of a uh, mm-hmm. um, annoying. I don't know. I mean, I don't like yeah. sitting at a computer and reading. I'd rather go be able to take it mm-hmm. somewhere else. And, yeah. But of course, I have a desktop, not a laptop. So somebody reads a laptop, maybe you'll sit in the couch and read a book or whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah, I still like to hold it in hands, but that may be something generational to just 
eventually work its way out. I would never try to call what's coming down the pack because let me tell you, when I first started designing, I would have thought by now we are designing like for t-shirts and just everything in general would have been really far advanced by now. But now what you see is because of the internet, something totally, uh, totally on a different subject, the internet comes along and people start doing stuff by themselves and it looks like hand done and it doesn't look finished or polished. It looks, yeah. you know, and that's where we are in logos and stuff. And a lot of stuff looks like, you know, if you know, bed, bath and beyond, you know, uh, uh, I remember when the distress look came in all this time we spent, uh, you know, trying to make everything look nice and crisp and clean. And then everybody yeah. wants distress stuff yeah. and hand drawn looking stuff and scratchy and scribbly and sketchy. And, you know, I never would have saw that coming. You know, I mean, I would think, you know, we've got all this hardware, we've got all these abilities to do all these cool things and everybody wants, uh, you know, rugged, rustic hand done yeah things you know i mean well, I, I i was watching star trek and that was my vision of the future you know that's where we're headed that's where we're headed but no yeah. everybody just so happens everybody just likes wood houses and just so happens that they like old fences in their front yard and yeah. old western wagons and you know stuff uh you know what i'm saying i mean yeah there were so many videos i did when i and because i do motion graphics uh, where people wanted to animate rough sketches in notebooks. Like every time I was a hand draw for any of the videos, because I did almost all my stuff in Illustrator. But when it came to me hand drawing, almost all my hand drawings are supposed to be just like, well, it's like a scientist taking a note in a notebook. Just draw something really sketchy or whatever, almost something indecipherable. And I'm like, I would do that in seconds and scribble out whatever they wanted. But it was kind of like, wow, I had to go to college for this. And uh, it, it seemed backwards. <laughs> mm -hmm. I mean, it's like I could yeah. do more, and they don't want more; they want less. I'm like, okay. Yeah. Um. Like, well, I, know how to do more. I remember when I was growing up, and they would have like shows or whatever of the future. Well, like for instance, Bill and Ted. You know, they had people in the future in different movies and stuff, and people had on these jumpsuits that were. Yeah you know, real sleek and all that kind of stuff. And then the nineties hit and everybody's wearing stuff with holes and wearing, you know, stuff yeah. sagged down to the, you know, below their butt crack and stuff. And, uh, you know, the, it's like the style went more couch potato and less <laughs> evolving, you know, yeah. here we are thinking everything's going advanced and, now was, everybody's wearing pajamas out to Walmart, you know, and well, they've always done that. Um, it's, it, well, I remember when overalls came back, especially in women's wear, uh, but it was some men's wear too. And overalls I thought was something that was, it was more of a, um, being used for, I mean, it wasn't so much of a fashion statement as utility clothing. I mean, you'd wear overalls to work in the pharmacy, but they would make it a fashion, but it, it did seem to go a little backwards. I'm waiting for you like this, the complete space jumpsuit, not the overalls. Overalls were clothes because it was connecting the top and the bottom a little bit, but I'm waiting for the, the full piece space suit. The overalls, man, were brought back. Like, was it in the nineties, eighties? Yeah, 90s? and they would always. I think we're saying overalls, but I think it's coveralls is what I meant. The coveralls, you know, like where it's all like you say, one piece, not the overalls like farmer farmers. No, but uh, that's what I was saying. I thought yeah. it'd be one piece, but they got close to the one piece thing, but it was overalls instead of like the coveralls. 
or whatever. So, you know. Well, I know that when I was growing up, and it may have been where I uh, was growing up in Mississippi, like if we were going to the store, I mean, you had to get some, some, you know, you got to get your nice duds on because we, you know, we don't always go to the store, which I'm probably different because of where I was raised and who I was raised with. But, you know, we always dressed up. If we went to an event, if we went to church, if we went to wherever, you know, we were going to be dressed pretty pretty yeah. decent you know and now yeah. uh literally uh there's people who go to work and i don't mean work at home i mean there's people who go to work literally in their pajamas which if you know to each his own I, i'm not saying anything and if they allow that at their work too i mean yeah it depends on i the feel work. like I mean, the like the first eye opener i had was like i because like i went like and i told you guys this before i was i was what i say is raised by an older generation so my mom was always like, you look presentable when you leave the house. Like, right, make, right. Like, all of that. I'm not saying you had to be, like, you know, put your pearls on, but look presentable. Um, and, you know, if you go into the workplace, if you go to school, like, yeah. I went to Catholic school for eight years, so I'd wear a uniform. Um, and then when I got my first job out in California, like, I remember, like, I didn't dress up, but like, I, like what I even thought was dressing down. Like I'd wear like a nice pair of jeans and I, and I'd be like, why'd you dress up today? Like, why did you? And I was like, I just, I just put on a nice blouse and a pair of jeans. Like I was why like, be fancy? That's why. yeah, that'll teach you. What are yeah, you, where going, are you going this evening? Yeah. Uh, you put makeup I, on. I was where even amazed. I was amazed because I said something like, oh my, the, an actress came in and my boss just happened to be in the room and I was like, oh my God, I love your hair. Um, I, I forget, she had dyed the color and I was like, I can't wait until I'm done working so I can dye my hair because that's again, my mom told me like, hey, don't like when you're working and representing a company, you don't, you don't do that. That's just how I was taught. And my boss goes, why can't you dye your hair? And I was like, well, just because I'm the front desk. And he goes, I don't care if you dye your hair. What the, he's like, what the hell do I care? And yep. it was like, Bright it was like crazy to me. She comes down in a complete clown outfit. That's right. not yeah. what I meant. <laughs> no, 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 no. The one time I'll have to find the photo. So the one day they were like, you can just dress casual. And my mom was like, do not like, she's like, just don't wear pajamas to work. So the one day I took my pajamas to work and like, I was like Star Wars pants, a Star Wars shirt. And slippers, and I put my feet up on the desk, and like the entertainment company logos behind me, and I'm holding my scripts. And one of my like uh, coworkers took a photo and was like, "Mackenzie came to work all nice today." All nice today. <laughs> She's wearing her Sunday best. Yeah, her Sunday best. <laughs> Man, yeah, I don't think. I mean, I worked in a studio where I can jeans and a t-shirt. I mean, and we had one one of my coworkers that wear like his jeans and t-shirt looked like they were like falling apart. Yeah. But I mean, it was a studio. I mean, rarely we had anyone come in, and and then we didn't know when clients did come in. I mean, the, it's funny because my boss was like, "Let's clean up the studio," but he didn't care what the coworkers looked like, just as long as the studio was clean. Yeah, I, yeah. I guess. And I always thought that was like, okay, that's a little weird. And um, but yeah, I mean, yeah, they're never... trying to trying to figure out what what's coming down the pike. I, I don't even. You know, I'm never, well, and I'm never surprised. Home in your pajamas. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yep. And you know, I, I'll tell you something about that too. I know a lot of people do that, but I, for one, the first day I started working at home, I had to have my shoes on. I had to have my, well, look, I've got my company shirt on. 
I make sure that I, I dress totally mm -hmm. up and everything just like as if I'm going in the office. Um, I just do that. That's just the way I am because I don't feel mindset. like I'm at work. Mm -hmm. I have done that before where I dressed down and I just didn't feel like I was at work. Therefore, I didn't want to work. Yeah. You know, mm -hmm. there was something about dressing up, you know, a lot of times if I actually if I um, most of the meetings I do with clients that nobody uses their camera. So I'm like, OK, I said I'd always like get ready and dress like I was going to work or whatever to, to be on camera, but no one else used the camera. So I'm like, OK, whatever. Um, so, you know, I just I was... have my lounge pajamas and then my work pajamas and then like my go out to Walmart pajamas. <laughs> I never, I really, I mean, I'm trying to think, we do have Walmarts out here, but, but we, I think we have more Targets or Target, we call it Target, but Target out here. Target. Um, yeah, because it was all fancy when they came in. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, I don't know. I mean, the only thing that was nice about switching back to 2D animation, 2D animation took so long to do that when they dropped the movie, it felt like an event. This is one of my problems with the 3D animation. There's like, another one coming on the corner like that. Mm -hmm. And I know they're not made for me, but it's like this oversaturation. And it was like, I remember as a kid when a 2D movie came out, you got like once a, one a year. And it was like the big thing. Maybe a Don Bluth, maybe a Disney. I, like I said, I always remember the, I always remember the Don Bluth ones because I thought they were cooler because they were edgier, especially like the Secret of Nim with like the Great Owl and stuff. Yeah. I mean, it was cool. They had this like almost horror elements to it that were really cool. Um, Disney kind of did that a little bit, like the the Black Cauldron, which actually wasn't a very good movie. Kind of did uh, visually, like more I forgot that movie existed. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the, and it was weird because the end of the movie was very. I watched it again, thinking the endings, and I get, and the movie's great, but the ending just seems so kind of like okay. Uh, visually, it's great, um, but yeah, I mean, Disney used to do some pretty. I mean, the Night in Bald Mountain. Uh, which is what that piece from the original Fantasia where the mountain comes alive with Halloween and the ghost. Mm -hmm. So that's horrific. Disney used to do some really cool horrific stuff. And as a kid, I grew up seeing all that variety. It wasn't all just yeah. kid stuff. I mean, they, they took it as an art form and did all sorts of really interesting, cool things with it. Um, but again, it took so long for them. And I think that's why maybe more movies, because again, there were so many... There were so few in a year. Sorry, there were so many yeah. now, but there were so few when I was growing up. I mean, it was such a huge deal uh, when yeah. one came out. It was like a big event, just a new 2D. But now, I can't even keep track of how many like baby geniuses or Pixar movies. And 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 yeah. it's funny. I was surprised that last Pixar movie went straight to Disney Plus. I thought Pixar movie was supposed to be this uh, the big last deal. three. The last three Pixar movies went to Disney Plus. And I did they bombers? I mean, it's weird. No, so like, so like, like a huge deal. Um, outward, outward was just bad timing. Like literally, the lockdown happened in 2020, and and outward was supposed to be out like at like the next two weeks. So they put it just on Disney Plus because that was when Disney was trying to promote everyone staying home, and they're like, yeah. hey, instead of like since movie theaters closed, watch it. Because um, I remember and, that was the fantasy one with the the two kids and yeah, like punk rockers almost. Actually, um, and that one with like apparently didn't they have a spell with like the dad's pants were walk or something? And, yeah, I didn't. I it wasn't my favorite, but you know it was okay. Um, this is that's always been my my problem with that. People love Pixar, but I, Pixar they're, it's, they're very 
strangely enough, Pixar is creative and not sometimes as creative as I think people are. I mean, they mm-hmm. did the Invincibles, Fantastic Four. They did Wally. That was uh, Short Circuit, Johnny Five. Um, I mean, there, you could definitely see literally like yeah. the influences in their movies from other stuff. Yeah. Which is not technically bad, but I've already seen those movies. You know, um, I liked Monsters, Inc. because that was unique. Uh, Toy Story yeah. was unique. Um to a degree. I mean, I've seen other shows done with toys come alive and stuff. Um, yeah. But, you know, those are relatively unique. Um, but the one that I liked was Brave because I didn't, I thought they advertised as something else and then it was like the mom turned into a bear and I'm like, wait, what? So that was different. I thought, like, I think I just took that one to heart too much because I loved Brother Bear. Growing up, yeah. and I feel like Brother Bear has just slept on, and I was like, okay, they made another person a bear. <laughs> it was weird, because I, I, I've noticed this in all... I was telling this somebody else the other day, like, I noticed that when one person... Like, there were... Like, the studios who all make 3D stuff all do... Like, they, they come out with movies and themes. Mm-hmm. Like, they had Despicable Me, which is about the supervillain, and then they had... Then one had to do Mastermind. Which is another yeah. supervillain, and so you see these trends where they make like their supervillain movies, yeah. and now we're done with that, and now we're making fantasy movies, and now we're done with yeah. that, and now we're ma- and, and I see these like, do these people have spy? Do they spy on the other studios? I really wonder because they all just seem to coincidentally come out with the same sort of theme movies at once. God, if you can figure that out, please let me know because like I was literally right in the door, like end of 2019. It was like yeah. Like, I have a script that, like, it's won awards all around the country, uh-huh. and studios were interested. I talked to a, a managers. I was, like, right at the door. Some big dogs were interested, and then 2020 hit, and they're like, we'll get back to you. And then they're and they like, uh, we'll get with you. We'll get with you. And never did. If you can figure that out and where my film will fit into it, let me know. It's weird, kids. I, I, the one thing, I, and I've said this just about movies in general, and this is just about creativity in general, is I do feel that the internet has kind of killed originality to a degree because you can always check and see what's popular or trending. Like when yeah. they made like like Star Wars, like people say, would there be something as such as Star Wars be made today? Not like. Star Wars, the movie sci-fi, but like something that yeah. was so different out of left field. That Star, yeah. I mean, Star Wars came; it was really out of left field, even though it was influenced by, um, you know, Flash Gore and a lot of other serials. For what it was, it was really out of left field, and it was because yeah. he just made it because he thought it was cool and put it out there. Now, so many of these corporations will follow trends and do what's trendy and do what's cool, mm-hmm. and it's like, yeah, but well, they don't they don't focus on originality either. Right. It's all about like. I, I've said this a million times, like a lot of studios are a lot more interested in doing remakes and things that are inspired by things they already know work. Like, oh, yes, we can see the connection to this and this did awesome. So we're right. going to try try that. And that doesn't necessarily, sometimes it's better just to go with original, but I don't think we, we've made it to that spot yet. It's kind of like. We, and I feel well, it's just going to get worse. Even comics and games do it to a degree. Um, mm-hmm. but movies seem to be the worst defenders, but just the, everything starts to creatively starts to kind of just gel together the same look and same design. I mean, I was a big fan, like people on here know, I was you know, a big fan of Aliens and Predator and Terminator. I don't think we'd ever get something unique as those again. 
Um, and I think it's just because the internet. I mean, it's like, why take a chance on an unknown? When, especially with the remakes. I mean, if you look at the cost of the remakes and the, and the price of movies, well, there's already built an audience for all these other movies. If we can capitalize yeah. on that built-in audience, why not? The problem is, is we see the remakes continuously fail and fail and fail. And you think yeah. they would learn their lesson, but they never do. Yeah. And the original idea of remakes that I remember was that they would just want to update the visual effects. And then mm-hmm. it just got out of hand, and now they're remaking movies that have no visual effects. And again, I just, I, I really, I really don't understand it because... I get the thought process I do, but I feel like so many have failed and like now, and I'll bring this up again because I know we talked about this before. Disney bought the rights to Aragon like over five years ago now. And it's like, you're focusing on remakes and you have this whole book series that was extremely popular. Mm -hmm. Why don't you put your money into making like new content? Why, why are we remaking things? Well, I've even heard that they want to make like, like even the Avatar: The Last Airbender, as far as animation came out of the left. I mean, that was unique. The thing is, is there's, it's it's a big gamble to do something original, but if it catches, the payoff is so much bigger. Yeah. Than if it wasn't, it's whether or not to get these people to. Because I've even talked with comic book guys who are like, well, let's do this and let's do that and let's make it like Star Wars. Let's make it like this. And I, and one, of, I there was one train of thought. I had this guy that was putting. A, he liked Star Wars like most people, but he was yeah. putting a lot of Star Wars reference. Like he brought up one character and and he's like, "What do you think of this character?" I'm like, "It's Boba Fett." And they're like, "No, it's not." I'm like, "Yeah, it's Boba Fett, except his ar- his armor is orange and something else." Yeah. No, it's not. And so I added, ended up adding like wings to the character, little insect wings, and something to separate it. But he put a lot of Star Wars references in there, and I think some of them have this sort of thinking where they're like, "Okay, if." People who like Star Wars will like my stuff because it's similar to Star Wars. So they'll spend money on Star Wars and then spend money on my stuff. And I'm like, and that's not how it, it works work at way. all. No, yeah. they're going to spend it on Star Wars stuff and ignore your stuff. People who like Star Wars aren't looking for a Star Wars adjacent. They're looking yeah. for Star Wars stuff. I'm just like, that's why everybody yeah. like goes to me about like stuff that's like Star Wars. And I was like, literally, it is Darth Vader or nothing. Don't give me the knockout. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Well, look how many knockoff films and comics and ideas after Star Wars came (laughs) out. I mean, there's tons of movies and comics and books that were complete knockoffs of Star Wars. Yeah. Um, I mean, and Star Wars is a knockoff of Flash Gordon. I mean, let's, you know, it it, it is. They just added lights. Everything is a knockoff of everything at this point. It really is. Yeah. I mean, and it's so, but it was, it's so weird that a lot of people, like, we make something like this popular trend will cash in on that. And I'm like, that doesn't work. It, it, it sounds good in theory, but people don't, don't do that. They're not going like, I want to buy Star Wars and everything that's like Star Wars. That's not what they say. And when people have a limited money, they're going to spend it on what they want. Not something that now I'll, I pick up things that are unique and they look interesting, but I don't buy stuff because, Oh, this looks like this or that. I buy it because it looks interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm usually looking for unique stuff or something I've never seen before, but I know that in the world of fandom and stuff, I'm the anomaly instead of the norm. Um, I remember Christopher Nolan said this when he was making, uh, I think it was right before he made the uh, Dark Knight series. He said, you know, he's like, it's funny. He's like, during the 1990s, everybody wanted originality. And he's like, every time you'd make something that was like something else, people on the internet would come on and say, well, that's a rip off of this, that's a rip off of that. And they, it was like, this interview's done in a thousand. It's like, now, 
everybody wants something that's similar to something else. They don't want originality. And so they don't accuse you of copying. They go, oh, if it's like this, that, then I can watch it. But that only works yeah. really in movies. <laughs> and not all the time. Yeah. Um, it's, yeah, it's weird. It's like comfort food. But it's one of those things that it's just... And again, I mean, you could blame the, the fact that movies are getting so expensive to make with all the visual effects and stuff that people are just willing to take. And the same in video games. I mean, all the big video games all play gener- generically the same. It's like, yeah, because there's tons of money in there and they're yeah. trying to cover their bets, so to yeah. speak. So that's is why in comics, sometimes I'm always like, well, I want to see really cool original ideas because there's no budget. You don't really have an excuse. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there's no excuse here. There's no excuse not to do something original. I mean, you can. Um, so, yeah. But yeah, I've um, well, and I don't know if that's how you guys like approach things, kind of either when you're drawing or when you're even writing. Like, if I know, like, if I notice that some part of my story, I'm like, like sometimes I write it and then I'm like, oh mm-hmm. shit, like that's similar to this, and did I even mean that, or was it just you know something yeah. that happened? But I'll look at it and I'll go, okay, how can I make sure this is mine? What can I do mm-hmm. to make this? Like every possible thing. And one thing like for night rise that Quentin did, it took me, I think it took me a little time, but like, I'm so glad that we did it is like when I imagined the dark souls, I imagined regular fire and Quentin automatically drew them with purple fire. And I was, he was like, Oh, I just think it's something unique. And I, and I love it now because like, that is something that like you would look at that and you're like, Oh yeah, that's night rise where, you know, it sets them apart. Right. Um, yeah, there's a lot of things that, yeah, that was my contention with the red is because if you look at any of these games or, you know, mm-hmm. properties, yeah, it's always red, lava, mm-hmm. fire. Well, this is this adds a little like uh, something and even yeah. green. I, I like the idea of using green, you know, because it's got a, like an undead kind of connotation to it. But yeah, at the same time. Way. Yeah, that's kind of done too. You know, if you, all you yeah. got to do is run around and wow, huh, Jose, Mister Wow player? Yeah. How long has it been since you played Wow, Jose? It's been a minute. <laughs> yeah. uh, it's just see. a minute. Um, I think the last time I played was when me, my wife and I had my, I think maybe my daughter, Elena, my youngest. Mm. Um, but we had a situation like we like I wanted to play, my best friends wanted to play, and her ex-husband used to play EverQuest and oh, yeah, yeah. He, he dropped his everything into it. You know what I mean? So like it she had already had like a bad taste in her mouth for like MMORPGs. And I was like, listen, I'm gonna go play tell her to pressure my, tea. my friends, <laughs> but I'm going like just call me just once and I will strand them wherever they're at. And there were several times where like I would have like one headset on the other one off and I hear her call me from the back room and I'd be like, all right, guys, I gotta go. I drop my headset off in my bolt and we'd be in the middle of a raid or middle of a boss yep. fight. And they're like, Oh, that's tough. Where, where did our healer go? Like what, where the heck is he? It's like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right, guys, that's my a... wife calls. I'm answering. That's more important. Oh yeah. yeah absolutely. Yeah, it's, it's been mm-hmm. a while. Like I haven't played. Man. That's why I play single player games now, so for the most years? part. Because I can no, pause them. Last time I played well yeah. was Warlords yeah. of Draenir. Uh, yeah. It's been I don't a while think I ever played WoW. I got, strangely enough, 
I, I I liked the art style, I liked everything about it, but then I saw like it was literally just whole button down and attack. I'm like this is boring, so I I just didn't connect. I remember when Wild became big, but I just never got. I like the travel, like the traveling between like, places, like like in the land. I always thought that yeah. was cool. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, there's there's definitely the people who. I think I just like games that are more focused. This is why I think we talked about Skyrim. I couldn't get it in Skyrim because it's a little too unfocused. Yeah. I like games like, what do I have to do to get done? And then when I'm done, I move on. And that's just me. Even in comics, I do that. You know, I I will finish. It's very hard for me to multitask in comics. Oh my god. I'm just that person that goes off in side quests forever. You need me to find the yeah. flowers? I'll go find the flowers. Okay. There is yeah. missing cookies. Because <laughs> even, in, even in comics, I have a, a, a method that I, when I was making Godlings, I would draw three pages at a time and color them and draw the next three pages. And I just, I don't know why three, just some odd number. Um, now, but like I just thumbnail it out as I go along. Uh, this time with the obsoletes, I thumbnailed out the whole comic so I know what I'm drawing. I just have to sit down and draw it, don't have to think about it. Right. Um, There's a few things I procrastinated on with steps. I mean, I procrastinated on coloring. I don't know why. Um, but coloring I procrastinate on, and I think it's putting in the flat colors because every time I put in the flat colors in my drawings, I always think, "Oh, this is going to look like crap." And then I add the shadows and highlights, like, "No, it's awesome." But man, that stage in between adding the flat colors you before you start shadowing process. it, yeah, it just looks like crap. It makes you almost want to give up, like, "Ah, this yeah. is going to look like crap." I don't. Do I, I hate getting into that that whole thing, you know, yeah. making. Then I like am driven to work on it till it looks good. Yeah, you know. It's kind of like you have to remember that like what you're doing, it's like, okay, I'm looking at the eggs. I'm looking at the butter. It's like you can't judge a cake when it's just right. the ingredients right. until it's all together and finished. Oh, yeah. I pushed myself through it. But even this last one that knocked the barbarian, I, I was like, man, I'm not liking this. Is I was I messed with the colors. And, that. and then, yeah. of course, I, I put it on. And I did a purple light in that one because I was going to do a green light for the spectrum. I'm like, no, I should do purple as far as the light. So it's kind of a purplish hue. And uh, just play with it and stuff, um, which I think is a unique color. I didn't know that, you know. I stole it from Quentin, who was the, the original. I think he invented purple, if I'm not mistaken. Well, we um, got way off of what she asked, uh, but yeah, what I have to worry about, and I'm sure most artists do, is not having other artists' work uh, influence mine too much. Yeah. Uh, that's one thing I have to kind of, kind of watch out for. Um, cause that's a real thing. You know, I get, uh, I get to looking at somebody's stuff and I'm like, man, this is so good. And then like, it starts showing up in mine and I'm like, whoa, now <laughs> wait. Yeah. yeah. Uh, do I you catch it right too. away or do you, uh, no, I don't. No, oh, that stinks. I've had that happen where like, I, like oh man I'm gonna do this like I, I want to have like the flow of this dude's coat go a specific way and then I'm like crap I just basically drew freaking Hellboy. Uh, now I'll be honest, there's some things I intentionally like. Uh, I like that, and from now on, this is what I will do. This is the SOP on well right. doing fire. <laughs> you know, it's like uh, this yeah. is how we're doing it from here on out, or at least for this book and. uh you know, and then uh, that's that's what I'll use. But, you know, sometimes I have to kind of cut myself off from certain things. You know, if I see that it's making a little bit too much of an right. impact, 
Yeah. That was the one thing I never could, because I, I draw my skulls like you sometimes, but I draw like the um, eyes looking mean. But then I always think like, well, can they move their skulls like skin? Like, in other words, like, I always wondered that, like, you know, you draw a meme because you don't, I mean, the skulls, you, you can make them look spooky with the eye, in the eye sockets as they are, but if you want to give a mean expression, you have to bring down the actual skull brow, which technically can't move, but it looks cool. Well, I always, I, even when I, I draw again, myself, if I was making a movie, I would probably do that. Yeah. But with this, it being still. You yeah, can see you his to. intent, not a yeah. skull that looks like he's either smiling. You ever notice how skulls look like they're smiling sometimes? Oh, yeah. And if you turn them at different angles, they look like they're worried, you know, and <laughs> uh, this, you know, uh, which can be creepy in itself. You know, uh, you know, sometimes if you if you think about it, but uh, yeah, I, yeah, that goes back to the exaggeration part. But yeah, I know what you mean, though like these uh, wrinkles here and I've got the yeah, little lines. It looks there. cool, but I mean technically can skulls do that? No, but it looks cool. I mean and that's the important part. You get this mean. But even when I'm drawing I'm like is it like maybe some skin over the skull or I don't know. Whatever. It's just um, But you can tell his intent is to yeah. get right. to the vegetable section before to, yeah. the lettuce yep, to get to the bathroom. Yeah. Yes. The cosplayer section. Yep. Do you ever draw smoke coming out of their mouths? Like I always do. This is a stupid thing when I draw skulls. Like I would draw like, like a skull, like smoke or like vapor, like trailing out of their mouths or their eyes. They give it that spectral look. I, I've seen other people do that. Just it depends on what you know. What they what like there'll probably be some of these guys that that yeah. do have that. Uh, but yeah, it really depends on what I'm working on, what I'm doing it for. Uh, like if it was undead, like somebody coming out of the grave, I might have, uh, I don't know, like, I'm not sure. They may not even have a jaw, I guess. I don't know. Sometimes I'll do that. Like I'll draw like the jaws hanging by one, like one hinge if I do a skeleton. Or there's like the skull is cracked open on top and like, you know, there's nothing inside, but like there's cracks in it or holes in it or stuff. Yeah. I think that's the one thing I did like about drawing skeletons and stuff, which especially like zombies and stuff, is you can kind of draw that crazy angled stuff. And the angles didn't really have to look right because, you know, it's it's a zombie. In fact, the more non-angled and weird it looks, the more horrific it looks. So you can kind of just that's, screw around with that's it. That's funny that you say that because I know a lot of artist friends that just don't, they hate zombies because they're like, I feel like oh, I yeah. everything like atomically correct they're like if if i get something like wrong because you can see it like somebody's gonna go after me because i need to know what muscle is here and what it looks like oh yeah no you could just draw i mean when i draw my zombies i draw like muscle and bone like flaying off i never look at the muscles because i mean it's just a walking pile of meat the muscles don't work anymore so you can do whatever you want you could just have fun and just kind of go to town it's funny the the sense that people have you know it's like it's a zombie I mean, he de- uh, you're shooting them, you know, th- the, the body has to mechanically work, yet you just blew, you know, all of his muscles out that would move his body. I mean, you can yeah. get apart all you want to, but, it, you know, in the end, it, it's fun. It's a story. It's not really. Oh, know, yeah. I mean, one of the. Out uh, stuff, you know, um, all, you know, and a lot of times it's all in fun, which is fine. 
Yeah. But uh, it's kind of like people talking about, uh, you know, like uh, Superman, you know, when he, uh, there was one of those movies where he lifted up that whole island. Do you remember Superman Returns? Yeah. Y'all yeah, remember that? Ah, he couldn't do that. Like, Only really? Uh, <laughs> I mean, he couldn't fly either. Yeah, uh, I know. Yeah. yeah. I think one of the 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 weirdest ones I saw when it comes to zombies when he did Two Face and The Dark Knight Returns, Christopher Nolan, it looked cool, but I don't think he, that guy would have been alive with half of his. I don't oh, think no. he. No, and you and wouldn't have the infection. He would have died of sepsis. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he would have died. And the fact when he was talking and like half his lips, you wouldn't have understood him at all. So there was I, lots. Of, my you know, mom or my sister about cried when he like there's a scene when he goes to the bar and he like t- takes back yeah. the alcohol and she's like that would burn. So, oh god, yeah. Oh yeah. I mean it looks freaky it and scary and open but skin and <laughs> Well not to mention his eye would stop working cuz he can't actually you know, the eye would dry out, and this is all sorts of, yeah, he would like, But I yeah. mean it looks freaky and he was only it alive. Cool. That's all that matters. Yeah, which again, I never point yeah. that out. Except Christopher Nolan does tend to push towards realism. So when he does stuff like that, you're like, okay, that doesn't. He's a mixture. He does realism, but then he does stuff like that wouldn't work. But whatever, I still enjoy his movies. I think you're too busy um, in that movie looking like like at Heath Ledger anyway, like his performance yeah. in it. That to take notice of like, oh, Harvey Dent should not be alive. Doing that or whatever. Yeah, not at all. That's how they distracted you. Yeah. Because yeah. in the comics, his face was disfigured, like the skin, and they, they went like, no, it's just half of his face missing in his skull. So that was completely different. I'm like, okay, that's... I mean, that was the first time I'm like, well, the comic book actually sounds a little more realistic. Half his face would be, like, scarred, like, like skin scarred, not half his face is missing skin. That was a little, like, okay, that's a little... um. But you know, I think that what happened with that one, honestly, I don't know if it was intentional, but like I was reading something um, a while back, um, and it was like they were doing prosthetics, and the more prosthetics they did, the more they were like, oh, we could do it this way, and then it got into a mix of prosthetics with the CGI, and they did win an award for the the mixture that they did yeah. on that, like the movie with all the prosthetics and the CGI and everything. So I think it just started to get away from them until they're like, okay, let's just push it all the way. Let's just go all the way. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, it totally worked for the horror element. And there was a mm-hmm. sense of horror element in Christopher Nolan's Batman film. Yeah. Uh, but it, it, it was the first time where I'm so like, yeah, his face is just supposed to be like burnt, like a burn scar, not like gone. But I mean, it's its, its own. I did like the way they did Joker with the scars on the side. I thought that was yeah. interesting. Um, so yeah, it's just like, again, if you're going to push a movie into realism, especially a comic book movie, and Batman's are the ones that usually do it, that when you pull something out that's fantastical, it makes me go like, well, wait, Ooh. is this supposed to be real or fantastical? Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah. the one where it really was pushed into the fantastical was the Tim Burton ones, because it would just painted itself like a comic book movie. Yeah. So you never questioned it. But Christopher Nolan tried to bring in a little bit of realism. So that's, and that's, you know, I never, and if somebody has a skull face like the Marvel movies, well, I don't care. I mean, they have nanotechs and dudes with hammers, whatever. Uh, so it doesn't bother me. So, yeah. But we are 9.57 on my end, so we're getting close to wrapping up. for the On night. your end? 
Yeah, you get some salve. What is it? What is it on your end? It's nine fifty-seven here. Twelve. Twelve fifty-seven. <laughs> hey, May the Fourth be with you. It's May Fourth right. here. Is what? It yeah. Yeah. Tomorrow we're doing the big Star Wars on the Wednesday. Where we're talking about Star Wars, uh, something we've never talked about in any of the Silverline shows before. So everyone tune in to hear our opinions because this will be the first time we're giving them. Um, just give me a time. I'll uh, uh, I'll sit with my life size Darth Vader and just McKenzie's listen. Is going to sign yeah. on to make sure everyone speaks canon. Yeah. Like you speak out of yeah, canon. Yeah, I'll be like, uh, okay, everybody, <laughs> on the referee. We ought to all. Yeah, we ought to all show up to that. Yeah, we'll just all show up. Yeah. yeah, it'll be just a mess with all these people. Come in, in as there. the Tuesday group and be like, hey, we just fighting yesterday that we're, uh, we're right. signing Were you guys off. here for that uh, convention when we did that? Maybe you guys weren't. There was a convention before 2020. It was an online convention. Maybe it was during the pandemic. But as we did a virtual uh, convention with these people at the end we had like almost everyone on silver line in in like one panel and nice. it was like the screen it was fun <laughs> the, the internet broke that day um but yeah we did have it so yeah i mean most of the time if you ever want to join you know a panel just ask roland he's usually like yeah whatever jump on uh not me because they just all hate me um but it's like no we don't want that guy on um, <laughs> But we are May because I think you're the one that's on like the most random. I'll be like, why is he on? The, he's on this one tonight. Okay. <laughs> I just join him. I just ask to join. He's like, okay. And uh, a lot of times, because I'll be like, who wants to join? No one's coming on. I'm like, okay, I'll be on. Uh, I've even done one by myself. I think didn't you do one by yourself, Quentin? Uh, no, I was on here a few times with Tim. Just he and I. Okay. You maybe were the, like I, you were by yourself for a couple minutes though, Quentin. Because oh I, yeah, I, I yeah. You know what? I do remember I was, that like, now. Talking to you, so you didn't have to talk yeah. by yourself. I do remember that actually. Yeah. Yeah, I, I totally did. Forgot. It was a Sunday show I did by myself. I just they watched me draw and I talked about my drawings, which I think is the most popular episode in all of Silverline streaming, if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, you mock and laugh at that, Jose, but that's true. Yeah. <laughs> Told you, train wreck. It is a train wreck. They all gotta show up and see it. You, yeah, um, you don't want to watch, but you have to. This week we're actually we are. Um, we have a guest doing a Kickstarter. We have three comics coming in, so three comics combined in one. So oh, yeah, we've yeah. done two. We're doing three. Uh, I think like from the stars. I think his name. And that's is that the name the stars. Of it's beyond the stars. Beyond the stars. I always get that wrong. Sorry about that. Beyond the stars. Cray, which is the barbarian one, and the obsolete, which is obviously the highlight of the entire Kickstarter because I drew that's that right. one. And mm-hmm. um, and then of course Jose inked then, and so that's the that's what you're really going to see is that comic. Um, that's all. I honest. guess you could compliment the other two if you if you have to, um, <laughs> you know. But a, again, without us on there, the other two wouldn't you wouldn't even be looking at them. And uh, now it's going to be a big war between everyone and no. They absolutely suck. We gotta get rid of them. <laughs> right? um, but yeah, th- I think that is launching tomorrow. But don't quote me. Uh, I don't know. Yes. It's so the fifth. Revenge of the Sith. Or is it tomorrow's Revenge the fourth? The so it'll be Thursday. Yeah, it's launching the fifth. So it'll be yeah. Thursday. Okay, Revenge Thursday. Of the fifth. That's right. So yeah, yeah. 
So everybody look forward to that. Three comics in one this time, not just two. We're doing a, a triple That's feature. Yeah, oh, wow. This entire trilogy. And so what does that be? 75 pages, almost, what, 22 pages each. So Man, I wish we to... had sound effects. We do the uh, Jeopardy Daily Devil. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 66. <laughs> 66. <laughs> that's, 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 so is it, was it Order 66? Order it 66. was Order 66. So it is Order, okay, so it is Order 66. <laughs> that, is, that is our comic. I didn't even, that ties right into Star Wars. So yeah, yeah, yeah. So anyways, um, bye everyone. Bye, everyone. Bye. bye everybody. Good night. Thank you for listening to the Silverline Podcast. I hope you enjoyed the episode. We know we ramble sometimes, but we have fun. And after all, isn't that what comics are all about? We hope you'll follow us on all our social media. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, Twitch, LinkedIn, Reddit, MeWe, Gab, and whatever new thing pops up between now and the time you listen to us. Please like, follow, share, and remember, make mine Silverline.